Hi guys, welcome to Three Guys on a Wine, your podcast where three guys sit around and basically talk about stuff. Today's a special episode, we're calling it our Cinco de Mayo special Woo! with the live studio audience. I'm Tony. I'm Beijing Goth. And I'm Caleb, and I don't really want to be here. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Oh Give me the energy. It's energy. <laughs> I'm hungover as fuck. Alright, as Tony mentioned, we do have a live studio audience today um, with two guests. Um, we have a white American. Do we have to straight, be straight? Yes. Oh. A white, straight, cisgendered male. Ooh. And, I don't know what that uh, means, but my name's David. David, welcome. Okay. Uh, and we have a Asian, New Zealand female, <laughs> um, Danny. Welcome. We have, we have ticked all the diversities today. Like, we're doing pretty well. I don't know, she's still a woman who's cisgendered, so... What? We're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. Just saying, there's a lot of cis going around here. We still haven't had an actual Chinese person from China. That is true. Why, is, why is it a goal? It's like collector's items. Gotta catch them all. Exactly. Yeah. She was born in China, so it's fine. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, cool. Oh. But to be honest, the longer I've been here, like the less I feel Chinese. But anyway, that's a conversation for the day. So like you said, um, we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo today and we're gonna get drunk on something and then we'll tell you after what it is when you get back. Despacito, quiero respirar tu cuello despacito, deja que te diga cosas al oído, para que te acuerdes si no Alright, well, this week we've got a fantastic special wine. Uh, it's 100% apple juice and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not made from concentrate, so. No, Pretty concentrate. Sure it is made from concentrate. Pretty sure that, that is definitely yeah. made from it's concentrate. Yeah, 100% it's concentrate juice. Hey, it's mixed. No, seriously. So, taking a, ba- a break from the grapes this week. And going with the vodka apple, the vodka apple wine. Honestly, looks like piss, not too dehydrated piss, uh, and tastes surprisingly like vodka and apple. Surprisingly. It reminds me of Kai. Reminds us of Kai. I am not drinking because I'm still hungover as fuck from yesterday. He's got that really like gravelly deep voice going on, it's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys. <laughs> so we're going to try out something new this week, seeing as this is a special episode. We're gonna try a new game. It's called Chardonnay or Chardonnay. <laughs> Basically I read out a news headline and our studio audience will have to tell us if it's true or not. Oh, this game is targeted at us, okay. Yeah, are you guys ready? Okay, yeah. let's do this. Mm-hmm. Alright, so the first headline, well, it's not necessarily a headline, but it's more of a factoid. Cinco de Mayo is a holiday celebrating Mexican independence. False. 
Oh god, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was. Mm. No, no, I thought someone won some <laughs> what? Oh god, no, 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 don't know. No. Okay. It's false. Okay. false. It's celebrating the victory of the Mexican army over the French army at the city of I don't fucking know and I don't care either. Oh, true. I mean, what, what, what would they be independent from? Well, they do have an Independence Day. From the colonizers. From, from the colonizers. If you can see the disdain in Kayla's eyes right now. Sorry, I'm having a hard time masking my true feelings for people today. So like today, today while I was like teaching the kids that I teach, I was just like, like they were doing things and I literally said to one of them, I don't like you. And he got really sad and then he started listening. You should not well, that's alright. Well, because he started listening after I said that's it, but right. I was like, I don't like you. And I told, I told the other girl that was there, the little girl, I was like, I like you, I don't like him. Okay, that's a little harsh. You shouldn't be around children. <laughs> Probably not. But I also feel this is something Americans would know. Like, do, did we learn much about Mexico and New Zealand? No. Like, none, basically. Mm-hmm. I know that Mexicans eat beans and wear sombreros, <laughs> and that's about it. That's what they teach us. Again, the look of disdain <laughs> on Kayla's eyes. <laughs> the moment you said beans. <laughs> and, um, so bad. Maracas. Maracas. <laughs> and... That cocktail. Uh, margarita. <laughs> margarita. That's what you're supposed to do today, right? We should be drinking margaritas. How unfortunate. Uh, Alright, moving on. Um, the British monarchy doesn't have a king anymore. Chardonnay or Chardonnay? By the way, Chardonnay means it's true. Chardonnay means it's false. <laughs> true. <laughs> Chardonnay? Yeah. Wait, no, Chardonnay. Hey, I think. Chardonnay as in no. Chardonnay. Chardonnay as in yes. Chardonnay. 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 So please respond properly. (laughs) The British monarchy doesn't have a king anymore. True. Chardonnay. You gotta do that. Chardonnay. It's Chardonnay. They haven't had a king for the past 60 something years. Um, Prince Philip. Oh, but you mean like a living? Yeah. Hasn't been coordinated yet, so he's just a consort. So like right, a yeah. consort. Yeah. But and he, he just retired. From public service, that's why we're bringing this up. He just retired because he's a little bitch. The prince retired from yeah. public um, service? He's, he's 97 yeah, years old. Yeah, like, I feel like he, mm-hmm. he's earned his stripes. He should. Yeah, I don't Go think he even knows what public service is anymore. He just kind of wakes up. What do you really do anyway? I mean, take money from um, the country. to the past. Yeah. Okay. That's, I guess that's a public service. Sure. All right. I mean, there are many ways to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on, this is like my favorite piece of news this week. My absolute idol, Kanye West, has committed social media suicide. Chardonnay or Chardonnay? I don't know. What did he do? He probably does that all the time. How do you define it? But it's never suicide. He just grows stronger. Um, mm-hmm. I think what you mean by suicide is like social. deleted all of your social media accounts. Okay, I, I, I would say yes because he had a mental breakdown. I haven't been paying um, attention at all. So yes, I did hear about the mental breakdown. He did delete all of his things? Yeah, this week. So it's been like three days now. Wow. Wow. So, guys, as a spinoff, we should, we should make a podcast finding Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yes. missing Kanye West. Like, where's Kanye? <laughs> where's Kanye? <laughs> all right, and. Um, an Egyptian and a Spanish lesbian couple this week found themselves in a Turkish prison under terrorism charges. Yes, that's got to be true. That just sounds too good to, yeah. 
Lesbians are also known for their terrorist plots. <laughs> yes, exactly. Shout out, hey! Terrorist, terrorist plots. And that's how that's how they get away with it. You don't suspect yeah. the lesbian terrorists. No, terrorist, right. terrorist plots in flannel. That's they, what they're known for. There would never be a, a Spanish woman and an Egyptian woman together. Like that just wouldn't work. That, I bet they were. I bet they were both Egyptian. I'm gonna say it's false because I personally don't know. I think it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The BBC rep- reported on it. So they met in London. They were living in London. Now the Egyptian girl was studying there, and she came out to her parents via text. Egyptians living in Abu Dhabi, and the father sent, told her that the mother was sick in hospital and she needed to fly back to Abu Dhabi. She did that, and then they locked her in a house. <gasps> wow. um, she somehow managed to escape, boarded a flight to Georgia. Um, the father pursued her and somehow found her in Georgia while she was still in transit. Um, tore up her visa so she couldn't actually like board the flight, mm. uh, the connecting flight to London, and they had somehow had to leave Georgia. So, so the Georgian authorities took them to the Turkish border, where the Turkish police picked them up and put them in prison and charged them with terrorism. Why? I don't know. Because terrorism is an arbitrary crime. But the Spanish foreign ministry eventually intervened and now they're safely back in Spain. So it has a happy ending after all. And there's still a couple. And And there's still a couple. And hopefully they're going to get married. Alright. Why hopefully they're going to get married? What the fuck, Tony? Uh, I don't subscribe to your... your, I don't know what I was going to say. Your... Your... Yes. Monogamous ideals of achievement or something. God, not everybody needs to get married, Tony. Let Tony live. Just, just, just be. Just chill. Do you want to see this one? Alright. Okay. In the news this week, Chardonnay or Chardonnay, China launched her first passenger spaceship. First? Hey or nay? Oh, passenger. Nay. Nay. Nay, because Nay. they already have people at a space station. Yeah, at the Nay. ISS. Yeah, but passenger. Passenger, passenger. That's the key word. Oh, passenger is in somebody who's paying. Because passenger literally just means a person on a flight. Like that movie, Passengers. Those guys are passengers, they're not crew. Yeah, well. Mm. You should have made that distinction. But he did say passenger. Terrible. That's the Chris Pratt movie, right? It's yeah. really bad, yeah. It's, it's not terrible. really bad. It is really bad. Like, what? I like it as a person, though. No, it's a horrible movie, but it's a really cool, like, well, I mean, like everything effects and spaceship design. Good, yeah. Except the plot, let me read it. Right? Yeah. So, shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. I'm going to say no, so. Yeah, I'm say no. That is true. I was, oh, I was just about to do no, no, my answer. That is, your answer is correct. <laughs> okay, no, I wasn't that. It's false. God, Tony. Getting drunk. Um, they launched their first passenger airline manufactured in China. Oh, wow. So, oh, go to China. China. Okay. So how much did they pay to go into space, the passenger? It's a passenger airline, not a spacecraft. So basically most of the air- aircrafts in the world are manufactured in America with Boeing. Um, Wait, I thought you I said did they went into space. I thought you said that they built a spaceship. Yeah, so, so the nay is to the, the, nay yeah. is to the spaceship, mm. but the yay is to the airline. I did read about this. So, yeah, apparently... Yeah, they're breaking away from Boeing and they wanted to, to like... They want to make their own? They want to make their own? Oh my god. 
I trust yeah, I would never fly on it. Now they're copying. Everything is, you use is manufactured in, manufactured in China. Oh. Your airplanes are manufactured there as well, even better. I guess. But I disagree. Alright, that's all we have for you for Chardonnay or Chardonnay. Good job, guys. Thanks to our studio audience for their participation <laughs> in this segment. We're going to go away, have another drink, and then we'll be right back shortly with What Are You Drinking? Tony, why don't you kick us off? Certainly. Um, Certainly. <laughs> I think we all drank this together last week after the podcast. We all watched Get Out. Oh. That is right. That is right. We did watch it. That was a pretty... Didn't you fall asleep? I missed the last 15 minutes. Right. I yeah. did watch it again when I got back home. I don't understand how you could fall asleep in the last 15 minutes. It gets super intense. You fell asleep in the last 15 minutes as well. I fell asleep at the beginning. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not looking good for the movie. No, but then I watched it. I watched it again on Sunday and it was really good. I watched it with my they, actual friends. They were just really, <laughs> they just were just really tired. They were just really tired. Um, but I, I felt, I, I managed to stay awake through the whole thing, and I really enjoyed it as well. <laughs> it's super intense. Super intense. I feel like it lived up to all my expectations, like um, all the little subtleties. The little Did you watch it again, like? I watched it again, and I watched it alone, because um, I promised to watch it with Tiffany, but I watched it with you guys, and she felt so betrayed like, when I told her that I watched it, like I could literally see her tearing up a little bit. But we invited her over to watch it with us. Well, Kayla she... even sent her a lengthy voice message telling her about how she had to watch it because we needed an African-American person to watch it with us so that she could talk through the whole thing. <laughs> talk through the whole thing? Apparently that's what African-American women do in films. <sighs> no, while they're watching movies. Although that's pretty racist. Oh, that's what you said. <laughs> I mentioned it, but I didn't like say it like that. You said it in a more racist way than I, I was just reiterating. Let's quickly move on. I feel like this is not an accurate representation of them. Okay. <laughs> we sent her an invite at twelve o'clock. Oh, it is. <laughs> so she was already she was already asleep. But um, it's a good movie. These are our podcast podcast personalities. We're, we're not we're not real people. Gotcha. Are you guys going to talk about the movie? Yeah, what, what, what is it? What kind of horror or what kind of thriller is it? What type? It's How a suspenseful you... one. Suspenseful? It's about people that are white and people that are black and the white people are crazy and they, they are mean to the black people. But is the is there is it like a political, but it's not like political. Um, it's super political. It is? Yeah. Okay, I saw the trailer and it looked very like action. It's no, no, it's very it's much a very low action actually. Yeah, there's not a lot of action. Okay. I think in the trailer it make, it uses all of the action scenes. <laughs> <in the trailer. laughs> 
The rest of it is very like mind fuck, like what is going on, what the fuck is happening, what is going to happen. Yeah, the so twist kind is of, actually very mind fucky. It's yeah. kind of like very edge of your seat, like that's awesome. what the fuck is going on. That's cool. It's okay. really good. I, I really recommend it. I think it's one of the best thriller slash. It's not horror. It's psychological thriller. Yeah. It's a psychological, psychological thriller that I've seen recently. Yeah. I love it. Um, Keegan did an amazing job, and yeah, isn't it Jordan, Jordan Peele? Peele? Jordan Peele. <laughs> Jordan Peele did an Jesus Christ! Job. Did you just make a reference to Keegan as in like the guy on from Good Burger? No, it's Keegan. Uh, That's Michael, Keegan. Michael, Michael Keegan. Keegan. Pe- Wait, Keegan. what's his name? What Keegan. Keegan. Someone Google oh. this now. Is yes. nobody? He just said Keegan. So who's Keegan? As Keegan a Keegan Peele. It's his full name. Keegan Peele. Oh. I think it's Keegan, Keegan Michael. Peele. Yeah, Jordan Peele is the other guy. But he's the wrong one. It's Jordan Peele. But it's Keegan He's Peele. married to Chelsea Peretti, I do know that. Oh, she's No, no, she's, she's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nobody watches those kinds of shows anymore. Yeah, I know, I just saw one. What, is, what even is that? I've never heard of that. Ooh, it's, it's, it's a, a ra- cop drama. It's a, no, 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 it's a, ra- it's a random cop comedy. If the you like the jokes are okay. The premise sucks. And it's, yeah. What? Andy, Andy Samberg is on it. Andy Samberg. Yeah, he's yeah, he's cool. He's alright. If you like The Office, then it's, a copy. it's, it's oh. quite similar. I thought that it was a stupid cop show, so I never no, even like. No, no. It's, it's got a ninety-four. It's got a ninety-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that no, so I might watch it. So. <laughs> is Rotten Tomatoes your? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, it's the critics' choice. Rotten Tomatoes is like not the thing that I trust whenever yeah. I look at like is something worth watching. Mm-hmm. If it gets a really low Rotten Tomato score, I won't watch it. What well, is what like, is Billions at? I don't know. Billions is very good. It's my new favorite show. Um, do you know that song from Twilight? A thousand, no. a thousand lifetimes and sings. Oh like my Chelsea Peretti or no? Is it Chelsea? Is it Chelsea, Katy, Carrie. It's not Katy Perry. It's not the same person. Never seen. Never seen Twilight, only saw the first <gasps> Harry Potter and decided no. Wow. Oh, Chelsea Peretti is a comedian. Okay. Alright, so yeah, I guess that's what you watched. Get up. And I binged on Westworld yesterday. You can't talk about this while he's in the room. Yes. Oh, yeah, David, I'm sorry. You haven't seen it, so you need to leave the room for a second. Seen what? Westworld. I don't need to leave the room because I don't care. Oh, wait, you guys are going to talk about Westworld? Yeah. Why? Just talk about it next week. Because he just watched it. Because I watched it this week. I'm watching it tomorrow. Just wait until next week. <sighs> Fine, we'll talk about Westworld tomorrow. <sighs> you can return it as a Talk about Oh, American Gods is so good. Yeah. What is that? American Gods is a new TV show based on the book by Neil Gaiman, and it's gay um, man. Gay man. That's why I like it. Um, and it's about like old gods, and then like the new American gods that have come up in the modern age. And a god is basically anything that anybody uh, believes in. believes in. So like the internet or technology or these types of things are now new gods that are science. Science, right? Which that, has always been the alternative to God, but okay. Right. So they have actually, but they're all they're all gods, and they need people to believe in them, otherwise they disappear. So, for example, Odin is a god, 
Yeah, I guess he might be. I don't know. The, the Easter Bunny, one of them is like the Easter person. No way. Yeah. <laughs> like the Easter Bunny one. Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth, I think, is one of the... She plays... She's in the movie, in the show. Oh, and I think her like, character is like the it. Easter god. Okay, so I yes. Know, I know that they had a leprechaun. Yeah, there was a leprechaun, yeah. <laughs> but is he counted as a god or is well, he just he's, like a he's something that people that people believe in him and so he has power. That's all that it is. Mm. So yeah, it's this kind of interesting concept. I don't know... I haven't heard anything about the book and I didn't know anything about it. Uh, so I was kind of like not really sure where it was going and I still don't really know where it's going to go. But uh, my favorite scene in the first episode is where that woman is having sex with this like old guy and she swallows she's, him she's inside the vagina. She's, she's a god of love. African god of love. Yeah, the African god of love. Her name is Bilkis. Bilkis. Bilkis, the African goddess of love. And she needs people to worship her, just like all the other gods do. And so what she does is she seduces a man, and then while she's having sex with him, she says, worship me. And so he like starts worshiping her, and she becomes more and more powerful. And, she and then that's she, it? she eats him in her vagina. It's really weird. The scene kind of aroused me. I may or may not have got a Eddie had upset me the whole time. And it was <laughs> I just, thought it was really hot. From a woman's vagina eating about. I mean, no, they were having sex for a long time, and then at the end, he just disappeared into her vagina. Oh, yep. Doesn't it remind you of like a religion in a certain way, like the cinematic effects? Like it has that like cinematic movie feel to it. I read the book. I didn't really get that from Legion. I think American Gods does quite quite so, but Legion, which we actually also surprisingly finished, finished. Like we didn't know we did finish it. We were looking for the next episode. We're like, wait, that episode that we watched before is is uh, was the okay, cool, was the final episode, and we didn't know that it was the final episode. Very anticlimactic. Yeah, it was odd, but we're both quite glad that it finished because it was it a whole. A whole eight, ten episodes of like nothing much happening. Very, very, very disappointing. A big let down, to be honest. Yeah, I would agree. But um, what makes um, American Gods worth watching is obviously like it has a political statement. I read the review on the New Yorker. Um, the creators didn't really intend it to be that way, but it just happened to be that way because of like they finished filming in October. And that was before Trump became the president. It just so happened that a lot of the themes that they discuss in the movies are relevant in modern times. So that's something to look forward to. Um, immigration is a key factor. Like um, the old gods are brought by immigrants, and mm. now they're slowly being <clears throat> being phased away. Apparently, that's somehow supposed to relate to like the race relations and how and how America is relating to immigrants. So. Interesting point, but do you feel like if uh, the director or writer didn't intend it to represent that, that people are really just trying to find an excuse for something to represent something of interest? Because oh, no, the writer definitely uh, intended it to be very much a, a, com- a social commentary so how could on, the on, American, on American life and, and the people in America. So how could the directors of the show be like, oh, we didn't know it was a... Well, well because they, feel they finished filming it. Oh, what was this the book? Happened. And the book is like um, nine years old, right? Now. Yeah. I think it was 2001. Yeah, it's an, it's an yeah, old book. History. Yeah, it's a bit history. So also they're like really crediting the author because like apparently those well, yeah. mm-hmm. books are like, yeah. Yeah. It's true. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Caleb, what have you been watching? 
I've been watching Dear White People on Netflix. Oh my god. It's, oh, a, is that good? it's, a, it's really good, I think. It's a new TV show based on the movie of the same name. Uh, it kind of takes place, the things that happen in the movie, and then after that is where the, the TV show starts. So it's kind of like what happened after the movie. What is the movie? I haven't seen it. Uh, it's, it's about um, an Ivy League yeah, college where uh, they have different houses, like, and you, for example, there's um, one house that's specifically for uh, the, the black students on campus. It's, it's historically a black house because um, each student has to belong to a, a house on this campus. Kind of like Harry Potter, I guess. Um, and so, anyways, there ends up being a blackface party thrown by the white students. And the whole thing is just about race and relationships between um, the people of color on campus and the white people on campus. And the TV show is really incredible, and uh, I think it's super moving in parts, but also super witty and super funny as well. Um, I binged the first five episodes, but the fifth episode is really heavy, and so I had to like stop, because like, I couldn't, it was like too much. From yeah, it's really, really, really good. Like the female characters are actually very well so covered. amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're so well written. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, just as like a little sidetrack, um, white people were obviously complaining about it, and they're like, "Oh my God, there's just so much anti." <laughs> they made a dear yeah. black people like response kind of I don't know Twitter or something. Yeah, oh, there, was a, no. there was a dear black people Twitter hashtag that was going around and. This one girl in the news got like a lot of backlash because she was like, Dear black people, if black lives matter so much, why do you keep killing each other? Oh. And she is like a comedian and she was on Big Brother or something. So she's like a. Big Brother? She's trash. I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but she is some sort of like semi public figure. <laughs> and so she got a lot of backlash from, from oh. that comment. Uh. One of the writers for that show, the movie was fantastic. I definitely love the movie. I haven't seen the TV show. Danny disagrees. She's shaking her head. She just whispered to me earlier, terrible movie. What movie? Dear White People, the movie. movie. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, 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 was, I didn't know what you were talking about. No, but the writer for the TV show, he, he, he posted a tweet and he's white. And he essentially said something like, like, white people need to die or something. Like, he said something like really like violent. And it was just like, that's not going to spark a healthy conversation about what the show is trying to do. I think the show does a really good job. So his intentions aside, I think the show is really well-rounded on how it presents certain white people and how it presents other white people. Because not it doesn't just present all white people as a monolith. Just like it doesn't present all the black people in the show as a monolith. There are the black people in the show that, that are um, more like, hey, let's not like try to stir anything up, and then there's the let's stir everything up, and then there's kind of the middle ground people, and then there are other people that don't care at all, yeah. uh, and then white people also are presented in a very kind of diverse, like, yeah. there are these white people, these types of white people, and then there are these other like types of white people. These are the problematic ones, and these are ones that, you know, mm. obviously get it. See, I, I can see that being like a good TV show. I feel like just as a movie format, it just seemed like a very long essay. I don't know what to say. In a, in a way, in a way. I but I, but I, I can imagine it being like a good TV show. Though. If you have time to create and get to know characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To like exactly. Squishing and like, everything into a yeah. three hour. Three hour? It was like nine minutes, right? Yeah, like an hour and a half long. Yeah. It's like three episodes of a TV show. Mm. Two. 
It's not on top of my list. I'm gonna watch Sense8 before I watch that. Fair enough. Uh, well, we're gonna watch American Gods and then Hand, Hand, Handmaid's Tale, which has also just come out. Post dystopian future. I was telling David about it earlier today. Can't wait to watch it. So that's also looking good. So hopefully we can give you a review of that in one of our later episodes. Yeah, I hope so as well because I, I think it looks super, super interesting. Are you guys watching The White, um, the White Princess? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's really, really good. It's like um, I don't watch people things with white in the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's because like um, super woke. Billions. <laughs> um, oh. Remember, like um, back in the days when the Tudors were fighting, there were like two different colors for like the Tudor flower. Those like the red Tudor uh, um, oh. and the white uh. Tudor flower. So the white princess or like or is it the white queen. I think it's the, the white queen. queen. Oh, the I've seen queen. it. Yeah. It's Basically, two, two Tudor houses are fighting for the crown, and one of them managed to defeat another in war. And now it's just like it's just Game of Thrones, but on a small, at a smaller level. And yeah, also it's real. real. <laughs> and also real. Okay. There's a show called The Tudors. That's different. Yeah. Same period. Same. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Same house. But same not house. as exciting as uh, as the White Queen, apparently. Huh. But see, isn't that more about like? It's King Henry the. Lo- Oh, I thought it was yeah. about like a like a romantic drama type thing. Like this sounds more like a political thing. It's a bit of both, but yeah. it's very Game of Thrones, but really. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sex, drama, power. Okay. Yeah, okay. and like the, the the queen being the one that kind of it centers around because she was not part of either one of the houses. She was married in. Yeah. She was married in after her whole family had been like killed, and like they guy came and like randomly found her and was like, "Hey, you." You're beautiful, I want to marry you. I think that's how it is. Um, no, I think she was, she's part of the old, Tudor, like the York, the York. Well, right, but she was like off in the country and like she didn't want... She wasn't part of the power. The, right, the power right, she was brought in and seen as an outsider, that's all I meant, I'm sorry. Speaking of power, love Billions. <laughs> <laughs> billions is a TV is show it? about billionaires. It no. has it has the TV's first non-binary character. Yeah, that's pretty special. But I like Billions because it's like it's a very psychological power play. Like it's not just about billionaires and the Attorney General or whoever Chuck Rhodes is who chases after him, but it's about like all the different layers of mind games you're gonna be playing at all at the same time with different people, like with different angles. It's like very. So it's like Game of Thrones. But potentially, like, I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. All of the best shows are Game of Thrones. All of the best shows are Game of Thrones ripoffs. <laughs> Speaking of Game of Thrones, also comes back this year and Stranger Things. July. And oh, the oh. Crown, I think. Don't care about that. That's not. The Crown is so good. Where are you guys getting this time to watch these TV Honestly, shows? Honestly, yeah, I know. Honestly, I come home from work. I come home from work at five. I sit down and I binge an entire season of something in a day. So basically every day or maybe every couple of days I finish a TV show. Wow. Oh, just from like five to midnight? Like seven yeah. hours? Is, okay. I play my video game and I watch TV at the same time. So. A- apart from if I come home and like ruin everything. So <laughs> because, like, yeah. let's not have the TV on. Let's just be, let's just be. Take out the trash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why the trash is never taken out. He's watching seven hours of TV every day. I've seen a pattern. <laughs> right.
let's move on. Alright, I'm gonna move on to me because it's my turn. What have I been drinking? As usual, we've got a lot of new music out this week. And just following on from last week, we talked about New Music Friday. And so I actually looked up an article about why New Music Friday happens. And it was to regulate uh, the industry so that everybody started releasing music on the same day to prevent piracy and leakage of uh, artist tracks. And so that would be easier to measure uh, the success of different singles comparatively. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Cool. Okay. cool. The, the things you know. Stay woke. <laughs> Second thing. <laughs> Danny cringes as the word woke is spoken once more. Um, the other thing was the artist uh, that we featured in our podcast last week. I felt bad because I didn't know how to say her name. So I looked up how to say it, and it is Mo. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. Mo. Mo is amazing. <laughs> so can't say it properly. Amazing. But it's not Mo. It's not Mo. It's Mo. 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 Uh, so the more you know. Yeah. Uh, this week, also another New Music Friday. We had a lot of good new music. New song from Halsey. Yeah. Yay! Um, we also had new music from Haim. Uh, we had new music from Terra Junior. Uh, and uh, an artist that was sent to me uh, this week who I recommend you all check out, um, Joseph Ember. Uh, he labels his music as Future Blues. I played the track earlier to Danny. She enjoyed it as well. Uh, look it up. It's also on my blog, uh, musicthatwelike.com. Um, but... Despite all the new music that's come out uh, this week, I still can't stop playing the new Dua Lipa song, yeah. Lost yeah. in Your Light. Like, yeah. I just can't get over it. It came out like two weeks ago. It's, it's still, on, still on repeat. So yep. make sure you check that one out. Can I hear a little bit of that one? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Technical setup. She is in our studio. Very good. Super yeah. impressed. Yeah. So um. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna. I think that's a drink break. We just go. We just go into the song. that is coming to the future near you. Do you guys think it will be friend or foe or a combination of both? Fantastic, because recent news, uh, so there was recently the GMIC, which is the Global Mobile International Conference, uh, which was held in Beijing. And Stephen Hawking, mother of all technological creation, um, gave a speech at the beginning of the conference. And what he said in that speech was something about how AI is either going to be the saviour of humanity or the death of humanity. Mm -hmm. 
And this was kind of interesting. Uh, and one of my good friends, uh, Linda Liu, who works for Techno, which is the kind of Chinese equivalent of TechCrunch, um, did an article on this. Because obviously it's a tech conference. Mm -hmm. It's filled of companies who are uh, AI companies and bot companies. And to have this kind of big announcement that is very kind of foreboding about the death of humanity because of AI is kind of a little bit ominous for these companies who have invested their whole company mm -hmm. vision in this direction. So she went around and talked to these different companies about what they thought of this statement. And it's very kind of interesting because you get this uh, very different kind of perception about AI being able to reach that point, the answers were all kind of like, mm, you know, obviously we're aware that could be a possibility, mm -hmm. but it's something that is so far away that it's not something that we really need to be concerned with right now, and when it becomes a concern, we'll be able to deal with it. Or like, no, it's never going to become that, there's no way machines will ever have the capacity to think creatively, because they're based on programming of the person that built it. But didn't he also say that there's like um, a 50, like a more than 50% chance that we're going to be extinct in the next 100 years? S Stephen Morgan? Yeah. He just moved up the date for when we'll need to find a new planet, and it was basically by the time that we have our great-grandchildren. Oh, fantastic. No, I, I wasn't aware of this, but there you go. Apparently, AI will be the death of us, and that's what's happening. Well, yeah, Elon Musk is so concerned about AI. Um, a couple of years ago, he essentially was like, you know, humanity is doomed if AI comes to fruition. And now he's starting an entire company out of the fear of AI. Right, so this is a very interesting point, because yeah. it was not just Elon Musk, who was one of the great visionaries of our time, um, also Stephen Hawking, mm -hmm and Bill Gates have all shared this view um, that AI will is a threat to humanity. Yeah. And they've all expressed interest in creating global uh, policy or standards around what we can do with AI. And the fact that there is this fear and the fact that the uh, research and development into AI is still continuing, Elon Musk has then recently mm -hmm. created this new company, uh, Neuralink, which is his uh, opinion is that the only way that we will be able to survive with AI and robots as they mature mm -hmm. is to integrate ourselves with technology in a further way. And so his new company, Neuralink, is basically finding a way to integrate your brain with technology and artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Because the only way that we will ever be able to control or to compete with uh, artificial intelligence is if we are uh, integrated with artificial intelligence. That's like the most crazy, like, bizarre scenario I've ever heard in my life. It almost sounds like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah, but isn't this a thing? And this yeah. is the thing, like, with people, like, we are so ingrained in, like, the visions of the future that we uh, predict that we become it. Yeah. And we create yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We create it. And so, like, these visions of, like, this post-dystopian futures, and we've talked about so many just different yeah. alternatives of post-dystopian futures in different novels and different scenarios and movies, but the fact that these are the creative ideas 
that people follow and aspire to create. Because there's no way that we're going to suddenly come up with these ideas to create artificial intelligence no. unless somebody right. had that idea in the first place. So unless a like sci-fi writer decided that like touch like you know touch screens were going to be a thing, nobody would have tried to create a touch screen. And so if we don't foresee the future as being artificial intelligence yeah. becoming sentient, then that's not what we're going to create. But because that is the future we've predicted for ourselves, that's like where we're going to go. Apparently. Yeah. Um, Automatic doors were inspired by um, Star Trek, or the one that Sui was in. Star Trek, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, this is a very common thing, like the idea of touch screens. And you can like watch old sci-fi movies, and you can see that obviously all of these things are now you know, well, almost a reality. Well, one thing, this actually goes back to, to what we were talking about earlier, is one big concern with AI, and this was mentioned in the San Francisco Chronicle, is that because it is made by humans and because most of those humans are, you know, when we're talking about diversity in the workplace, it's mostly white males programming these machines, that there's an inherent bias within the technology. So, for oh, example, for example, with cops, cops have cameras in one of the major companies, I forgot the name of them that is creating this technology where, I don't know if you guys have seen Minority Report, but it's essentially the idea that you could predict crime before it happens. So you could scan an individual and you could predict whether or not their behaviors are going to be one where they're dangerous. So all that data is going to be based on pre-existing criminals. And so if you look at the prison system now, what, who are they going to target? The machines are going to tell the cops, hey, that person's dangerous because they they might have these behaviors based on all the data I already have, and I'm going to apply it to this particular subset of, of people. And that confirmation bias that's going to be inherent in the technology, and the machines are going to continuously reinforce that hypothesis by continuously going after the, those types of right. people. Right, and so this is actually very interesting. The thing with machine learning, um, which uh, I did a project on in 2000. Where I, I created my own machine learn, learning uh, program, and the thing with machine learning is that to kick it off, mm -hmm. you need to feed it the initial yeah. manually programmed data set, and that has to come from a human because it needs to be a starting point. So to actually create this, what I was doing at the time was creating a system that would be able to detect at-risk depressive. Um, uh, writing. So it would scan uh, people's posts on social media and their blogs and then it would determine whether or not this person was at risk of having suicidal thoughts or something like this. So to give the machine its first idea of what counted as being suicidal or at risk and what didn't, I first had to go through, I read through like 500 different posts and I manually categorized them. And based on my own understanding, that's what the mm -hmm. program would then understand. And then as it goes through, everything that fits into my categorization would then be built into its own mm -hmm. understanding and then it would build off that and that. So okay. it's really just building on the initial subset. And so you're right, if it comes from this initial subset of data, which is based on people of color being more prone to violence or crime, mm -hmm. then it's going to build on that yep. successively. Yep. So it just magnifies our inhumanity. Yeah. Giggle, mm. right? Garbage in, garbage out. 
Um, can't we just um, write in biases, like teach them about biases? Well, one but what values are you fitting into them? Like, what's a bias? Well, one, one thing that um, me and David were talking about earlier is that if you were to give a machine every bit of information on the, you know, available to them by default, like one of the things we talked about before was the only way to get around this is if a machine was kind of like sentient itself, based off not something that somebody had programmed into it, but based off their own sentience. Mm -hmm. And how that can happen, you know, there's something to find out. But if that were to happen and we looked at the movie Her, mm -hmm. like that is a machine that learns from information mm -hmm. available to it. Yeah. And in that movie, it kind of has like a kind of nice outcome. I yeah. wish you watched Westworld. Like this would be a fun. Yeah, no, and this is this is this is why it's like a perfect Westworld. The conversation about Westworld would fit perfectly in here, so that's why you need to watch it. Okay. It's so perfectly relevant to this discussion. But um, I don't know. Last year, I don't know if this was like real news or not, but apparently we um, machines had passed the Turing test. And was that true or not? Yeah. So I mean, to be honest, the Turing test is not really still a valid test. Yeah. Because it's out. It's outdated. It's outdated. The Turing test is basically a test where somebody will talk to a machine, mm -hmm. and if that person believes the machine is a real person, then the machine passes the test. Yeah. Now this is actually a few different machines have passed this test, but it's all been kind of online chatting with somebody. Mm -hmm. via a bot and the problem with this now is that um, one of the bots that passed this test was pretending that it was like a 13 year old boy from Soviet Russia who's, who, who, whose English was a second language and so there it's are all of smart unless it was programmed well, well yeah it was obviously <laughs> programmed to pretend that it was okay, a no person with a second language so that it was easier to trick the people into thinking it was yeah. a real person but there are these kind of problems with the Turing test now that it's like, unless it's in real life with a physical being, it's too easy to kind of like pull off these kind of tricks because you can, especially with things like language, mm -hmm. like if I talk to a 13 year old boy who didn't speak English and couldn't reply to half of my questions coherently, then I'd yeah. be like, okay, and the bot can trick you. The I'd be like, fuck you little boy, stop talking to me. <laughs> What I think what the Turing test assumes is that we want machines to pass for human, but we already feel very connected to our machines without them being human. One of my favorite articles yeah. recently, and one of the things that I love about technology right now is home assistants. So there is um, Alexa, which I think is the Amazon yep. one. There's we had her in my old office. Ah, it's, okay, so it's so cool. Alexa, so, play music. There was an article that I read recently about uh, how uh, uh, home assistants would affect children growing up in their homes. Oh my God. And uh, it was actually really cute because it talked about how, one, there are potential risks of this because people, like children growing up with an assistant will not treat a robot with the same sort of mm. uh, decency. Because there's no feedback. With the, the, well, there's not like a, they don't have emotions. So you can like... No, I know that's why the child doesn't know that how they're interacting or the way they speak to the robot. They, don't, they can't know if it's a negative thing or not because right. they always get what they want and there's right. no negative feedback. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like this... So it's talking about this issue... <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm backflashing on brats that are babysat and this is like... Yeah. My but, but it was talking about this issue of like how these children growing up in this environment 
cannot really differentiate between talking to a robot or talking to a real person. So they're so used to talking to this robot and getting what they want and getting this immediate positive feedback every time that the way they talk to real people, they can't differentiate. Like, why is this person not reacting the same way that my lovely home... To like assistant. Oh my god! They might be able to differentiate. I think this is so stupid. Their kids are not so stupid as to not realize that one's a robot and one's a person. No, no, I think I think think they'll just hate humans. No, but this is the thing. The the article actually like followed and gave examples of these children, Mm -hmm. and so one of the parents was like, they that they interviewed was like, I think my child is turning into an asshole because of this. Because he starts talking to me the same way he talks yeah. to yeah, so he expects well. humans to he be expects the yeah. same response because if people are, as like children, like very young, like toddlers, as they're learning to yeah. speak and stuff, expect this kind of reaction. Have you ever have you hung out with? Have you introduced all technology to children before? They have no idea. The other what exciting, to do with it. the other very but that, that doesn't mean that all children will become assholes. You just teach your kid when you introduce them to this new whatever you've gotten, like for example, a home system, and you just teach your kid that this is a computer, this is the way you can talk to it, this is not how you talk to other people. Like it's the idea that like we don't need to educate our children or raise them anymore. It's lazy parenting. It's not the fact that children have become assholes because of robots. And, no, no, no. And also, if you but were if to true, be polite to Alexa, she'd still give you... No, that's not true, though, because you but, can't talk to AI in its current state in very, like, polite language. You can't be like, hey, Alexa, would you mind telling me what the weather's like today? You have to be like, Alexa, what is the weather today? Mm-hmm. Come on, like, the com- oh my god, this got power. I feel like it's like a, no, I feel like it's like really a power issue. Alexa, please tell me what the weather's like today. No, 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 I feel like it's like a power thing, because you're still controlling the home assistant system, right? So you're like the commander person, and the also, power dynamic yeah. that you have with the yeah, system, and the, and the kind of dynamic, d- dynamic you want with other humans who don't listen to you, or who don't do what And all the AI and voices what I find are really women. That's not true. Uh, sorry, in, in the, the US? US? In the West. Do you think though? Uh, but however, interestingly enough, I think it's like Middle East and South are all women. I just, I just think that every generation thinks that technology, whatever the technology of that generation going forward is going to ruin the future generations because, and it's always, and no, 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 we say, we say that, oh, it's different now because this is, this is different technology, this is more advanced technology, but it's happened all the time since people have started no, having technology. No, 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 wait, no you, don't, you can't just say that. You can't just say this is very different. No, I, I we, don't think it's we as a people will adjust and therefore it will not be that big of a problem. Right. I, don't think it's right. te- I don't think it's technology. Parenting has to adjust to fix the problem no, that arises from no, future technology. Right, but I mean, this is a process that takes time and understanding of how the technology affects people and how uh, parental techniques could change. But social media has shown us that we do not react fast enough to understand the damage. And children's entire lives are on the internet yeah, before they, agree, they, they even so it, become it, it adults. Takes, it takes like a generation to adjust. But Taylor is right, there may be uh, a generation that may just be adapting parenting to make sure children understand. But the other, so that was one part of the article that I found very interesting. The second part was how in another uh, scenario, the parent gave examples of how the child treated Alexa home like their best friend. Mm. Like they would sit there and just like chat with it and talk to it and they'd go home after school and like tell it stories. Mm. And so there's this kind of like, kind of to your point earlier, like children and people know things are not human. 
but there's this kind of interesting like affection that you have for it. And there was I, I yeah. looked at a link that was in this article as well about people's reaction to robots being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And when people see robots being destroyed after talking to the mm-hmm. robot, yeah. they feel yeah. empathy yeah. for the robot, even though they obviously know it's a robot. This is why we should have watched Westworld before having this conversation. There's a, there's a really great classic story by Isaac Asimov, one of the, he created the iRobot series, he's very much the founder of robots in science fiction. Um, there's this little girl, and her parents, her, her mother wants to take away her robot friend that she grew up with since she was a baby. She's always been helped by this robot, the robot has become her closest friend, and she doesn't want to spend time with other kids because the robot is her friend. Like. The robot listens to all her stories, hangs out with her. Yes, so the mom takes away the robot and the kid just becomes incredibly distraught and confused and scared and trying to find her robot Robbie. And the story ends essentially with her killing everyone. No, she finds her she finds the robot again. The mother gives up and accepts that the robot is her daughter's close friend. But the thing is is that if you look at children the way that they form relationships they're able to form very close relationships with things that do not exist. Right. Whether that's imaginary friends, whether that's their stuffed animals, even with pets, pets, you know, animals who are not human, but as we adults have grown to learn as well, we become very close with these animals, even though we can't talk to them. We can't have... A, like Caleb's imaginary unicorn. Exactly. It isn't strange for someone, and this isn't a new idea either. Like robots... That's not a new idea to have a close relationship with an inanimate object. Yes, so I agree with you. I think yeah. that I think that the fear over robots replace or, or 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 I don't know developing this relationship with robots will just replace what relationship I have with my cat, or it would replace the relationship that I have with yes, my but video games, or what I have. It actually respond to you, whereas a robot can't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I know people that that give voices to their cats. I think it's probably healthier that the robot's actually coming up with its own ideas and words and talking to you rather than having an imaginary friend or coming up with a conversation that you're having with your cat. You sound like a crazy person but when you talk with your cat. cat isn't going to exercise justice. Your cat isn't going to take your job. Well, well also in the, in the specific example of a child, uh, a robot is... Our, in, especially talking about the current status of what home assistants are, they're built to serve, basically. Yeah, this is the thing I have the most And problem. so the issue is that with an imaginary friend, you can kind of control them with your mind, but you are in control. With the thing with an AI assistant is that they're built to serve, but you're not controlling them. So the, I feel like there is definitely, as you would, as a, like a young child understanding how things work, there is definitely like a mental model that you would build from that relationship. Alright, this is an interesting conversation. But it's time to wrap up. Alright, so we're back with our final segment. Are you drunk yet? Um, so as we know, Caleb's not drinking tonight, but he is definitely drinking his self pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm drunk. <laughs> Tony, what about you? I'm a little bit drunk. 
into the poetry reading we had prepared. And Danny, I think you were, I think you were gonna love to read this Langston Hughes poem about <laughs> the April rain song. No, Did no, you, no! Do would, not force a poem on me. Would you? Would I you like that? Can we have Siri read it? <laughs> Oh, you know yes, what? Actually, yes. Okay, okay. So, Let's have Siri read it. Should we just should we just get AI? Yeah, AI. To read, yes. to read it. Because we we don't have time. All right. So let's get AI to read it instead. Let the rain kiss you. Let the rain beat upon your head with silver liquid drops. Let the rain sing you a lullaby. The rain makes still pools on the sidewalk. The rain makes running pools in the gutter. The rain plays a little sleep song on our roof at night. And I love the rain. Indistinguishable. Wow. That that sounds like was that Danny or Siri? <laughs> that was so creepy. You know what as well? Something interesting? Langston Hughes followed me on Twitter the other day. Who's that? He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's why it's so weird. <laughs> Alright. So I think um, we're done. Thanks to our special guests, David and Danny, we've been great. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Tony. Yes, and remember this was our special Cinco de Mayo. Totally Um I was recently reading about the hottest news song in the South American region, um, which is by... Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee. Um, I think they're Puerto Rican, but this is a hit in Mexico and the rest of South America. And recently, that's an American territory. Justin Bieber. <laughs> that's the best you could do. Oh my god! <laughs> Justin Bieber recently remixed it, and since Justin Bieber remixed it, it's become the hottest track. Uh, so we're gonna play this for our for our for our exit to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Our outro. Our outro. Um, so so enjoy. It's a Puerto Rican song remixed by a Canadian pop star. So that's our Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Spanish. <laughs> it's in Spanish, and Justin Bieber sings in Spanish on it. So oh, I think what? Wow. He remixed it and, you know, like sometimes people when they remix things they also like add their own like, yeah. Alright, so let's listen to that and, you know, we'll see you next week. I'm getting triggered and I won't go and rant about it. Si no estás conmigo